You're listening to the Horsefest podcast with the founders of Horsefest. I'm Thea. And hello, this is Heidi. Each podcast is dedicated to you and your passion for everything horse. We'll be speaking to elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests, all focused on bringing you inspiration, insights and learning in a way that our horse tribe will enjoy. In today's podcast, we're delighted to be speaking to Claire Myers of Saddleworks, where she trains Pilates to riders of all levels. Claire, welcome to the Horsefest podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, oh we're <laughs> glad you're here. We certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's kick off, Claire, by you telling us a little bit more about your passion for horses and your personal experience of horses and riding. Well, I think probably the biggest thing, and I seem to always start with this, like it's some kind of excuse, is to explain that I came to riding later in my life. I was watching my kids learn to ride at Pony Club and I was in my sort of mid 40s and somebody said, why don't you have a go while you're standing here watching them have fun every Saturday morning? So I learned to ride quite late in life and then it was like deep immersion I was just like totally hooked and not very long afterwards we got my own horse and then we had ponies for the kids and it just seemed like a whole uh, life-changing experience where you know we were always at the yard and really loving everything that it every single member of our family including my husband learned to ride so we got three kids and yeah so we were all out there really having fun and so we sort of went from naught to 100 in no time at all because didn't ride and then suddenly had horses and we were eventing we were at a really big competition yard in Dorset and so you know they had all of the uh, just all of the facilities and we just did everything it was amazing really really great yeah I've it's grown up now so yeah it's oh, that sounds incredible that your husband learned to ride too I've now, I've got yeah. this picture of like the Von Traps from <laughs> Um, the sound of music but about like an equestrian version I think we should make a film with your yeah. family starring oh, oh, that's, that's so like totally the opposite of me you know no sort of gets on and has it just does stuff you know whereas I'm thinking all the time is this the right thing to do the best way to do it you know so he's so funny and but he's completely banned from riding my the horse that I have now it's like way too precious <laughs> not allowed anywhere near you know yeah that's really funny <laughs> me, me and all me now for that horse I uh, I slightly twisted my husband's arm and um, persuaded him to go for riding lessons um, he, he managed six, I think, and uh, he's from Manchester, so Lancashire kind of boy, and yeah. his instructor was from Yorkshire, and all oh. it turned into was the War of the Roses, oh, consistent yeah. bantering and arguments, and yeah. in the end, I just said, you just don't go anymore, it's just too stop. painful. Yeah, stop, <laughs> yeah. No, well, my husband's Italian, and so everybody loves the, you know, the the lingo and the accent, and they all, you know, he's a great mascot, you know, he was great fun to have there, and and of course, he had absolutely no idea at all. You know, he was into motorbikes. And so some of the things I remember him once going on the cross country course and being told to jump a great big log. And of course, he had no idea how to jump. So the horse stopped in front of the log and he flipped over and ended up on the other side of the log, stood up facing the horse with the bridle still in his hand. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, only him like, you know, 
anybody else would have sort of, I don't know, been air ambulance or whatever. But no, he lands on his feet with the bridle still in time. Going, oh, I don't know what happened here, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Very funny. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, my my mum learned to ride after I had as well. She was um, she actually went to learn to ride in secret, and then mm. um, arrived at the came. Well, we went to see my pony one day, and she said, "Take me for a ride." And so I got a lead rope out to put her on. She said, "No, no, no, we don't need that." And trotted oh off up God. the road. It was amazing. No way. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, I, oh, I was so that. proud of her. Really yeah. proud. Oh. Brilliant. That takes some guts, actually, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, because my mm. pony was quite feisty and she but the instructor knew the pony, so I guess she kind of got her ready. Yeah. Which it was yeah, I was so proud of her. Very cool. Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. And Claire, you and I met on a two-day course with Simon Kokosa back yeah. in sort of the late spring, didn't we? And mm. I got to meet your lovely horse Rue back in the, the, the at that weekend. Yeah. So uh, tell the audience all about him and his journey because he's had quite some journey too. Yeah, he has. So um, as I said, we were on this amazing event yard um, in uh, Bobbington. It's in Dorset, and so the kids had ponies. And when Matteo is my son, um, he's the youngest of my three and probably the bravest rider. And so. Uh, he was quite big and the horse is 17 too because when he started seriously wanting to event obviously he needed the right horse so Rue um, was his horse his eventer and they started eventing and were we had some absolute blast times weekends away where I would groom and um, Matteo would ride and he was eventing novice with Rue and so they were a great pair, really great pair. They did so much, just had so much fun. And it was a really lovely experience for both the horse and the rider because, you know, Matteo was learning and growing up about looking after an animal and everything. And But I was always a bit wary because I thought he's such a big horse. Um, you know, big horses often have problems with their limbs because, you know, their size and Anyway, when Matteo eventually went off to uni and Rue's life calmed down, I'd always ridden him. I'd always um, shared, if you like, with Matteo. I'd done a lot of the sort of walking up hills and lots of nice in-hand stuff, you know, whereas Matteo did all the gallopy things. When Matteo then eventually went off to um, uni and I had Rue all to myself, his life calmed down and I started to notice that, you know, maybe he wasn't that comfortable under the saddle. And then that started a whole new journey of me really trying to um, just investigate different things that would help the horse, that would help me, saddle fitting, bridle fitting, all sorts of different things. Whereas I think when you're eventing, you have that, that goal is I've got to be able to learn to do that triple, um, you know, jump, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, 110 centimetres, or I've got to be able to do that brush around the corner and through the water. So there's a there's a focus on what you've got to achieve rather than the journey or what you know what you're maybe looking at as a partner to mm. your horse um and so when Rue's life calmed down and and I, I we were a combination me and him together and we weren't eventing anymore then we started to notice things and yeah he has got kissing spine and he's also got another um condition called ECVM which is a malformation of the neck vertebra, which is now known to have been passed down genetically from a few uh, thoroughbred horses, you know, back in the genetic pool, they've passed it down and it's basically a little problem in the neck that can mm. result in arthritis. So now I have to be very careful about how we ride and different movements that will help build up 
core strength or keep him riding in a more symmetrical way. So I think things that are important really for every horse, but if there's an injury or a condition, they're more critical. And you know that if you don't pay attention, the horse is definitely going to break. So I started learning out, trying to find ways to strengthen the horse's core. And that's how I came with Simon Cocotza, who's amazing. Um, And just so many parallels with Pilates and, you know, the way that you work on a body, whether it's a horse or a human, to develop better strength and basically protect your joints, really. Yeah. So Rue's got Rue's got lots of problems, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but you know they're all manageable, um, and so it's just being aware of the things that, that the horse's body needs, and just being uh, you know mindful of of how you move with him, you know, and warming up correctly, and doing lots of hills in walk, for example, instead of just galloping up because he'd rather canter up. But I have <laughs> to say, no, we're going to walk because actually that's better for your body, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I know you're having challenges. Um, well, Paul Rue's having challenges, but it sounds like he's landed in a very good place to get the right sort of help with your family. So yeah. he's landed nicely with you yeah, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Seriously, because he's an awesome horse. I mean, he was he was bred to be some top guys eventing horse, you know, um, and just through circumstance, he came to us. And I think you're absolutely right, Fear, that, you know, if he was in an eventing home he would be just invented because he's awesome you know he's a cross-country machine um and i don't do cross-country with him at all now but if he was just pushed to do that he would keep doing it and keep doing it until eventually he would just break and that would be the end of him yeah, yeah. and they do don't they the adrenaline and they enjoy yeah. it of course they enjoy it yeah. it's fun yeah yeah. Mm. yeah oh well now let's go from the horse body to the human body Mm -hmm. Um, we're interested to know a bit more about equi pilates what is it and how did you come to teach it well equi pilates itself is really a brand name it's um a particular wonderful lady called um uh, lindsay wilcox reed who herself is an amazing dressage rider and then started learning to teach pilates because she could see that it was a useful thing to do and she set up her own brand um but basically it just is Pilates that is more focused for specifically for the kind of issues that many riders would come across. Um, So she's one of many techniques that I have learned and I'm always learning, always training, looking around for, you know, new different research that helps move everything forwards in terms of biomechanics or Pilates or the way that we use our bodies. Um, and um, she's just one of the many sort of systems that I've studied but there's also lots of other methods out there basically it's just a way of fine-tuning movement which for me is Pilates because I'm biased I'm a Pilates teacher but you know any intelligent movement any mindful movement where you are thinking about how you move your body and how that's going to affect the movements that you do and the movement patterns that you do in normal life, as well as your hobby, which for us, of course, is riding. Um, and the really, the, the as I said, you know, I came to riding late and I was already teaching Pilates at that point. Um, and the, the, the parallels between riding and Pilates are just huge. So everything, if you think about the basic principles, so for example, you have core strength, you have coordination, being able to keep one part of your body still 
while you move something else. You have balance, stability, control, awareness, breathing. Those are all the Pilates principles. And you could take any of those and absolutely just apply them to riding, couldn't you? They're yeah. you know, the same principles. And so it was clear to me that the two things were going to work really well together. And certainly they really helped me with my riding particularly when people would say uh, instructors would say things to you they would say things you know how instructors say things like for, go forward to walk or whole ride halt and you think <laughs> what do you mean whole ride i'm the only person in the arena <laughs> <laughs> whole ride go forward to halt and you know as a new as a sort of you know just learning ride i'm thinking what what do you mean go forward to halt or open your hips what do you mean mm. when you're saying open your head? What do you actually expect me to do when you say <laughs> that, you know? And so it really helped me unpick a lot of things and, you know, could kind of interpret what maybe would help me when I was riding to be a bit more balanced, a bit more symmetrical, a bit more secure in the saddle. Um, yeah. Actually, it must have been quite interesting for you um, coming to riding quite new and actually feeling all the aches and pains of starting up riding and and straight away noticing given that you're already a pilates teacher exactly what's happening to your body it's really insightful actually yeah really yeah really um (sighs) really helped really helped me so much just you know help get myself together with the horse and you know progress sort of where, where i wanted to be yeah. Um, and, and it's also, as I said, it would be interesting that I would see other people doing lessons and think that is just you'll know, you know, you need to do something different if you want that rider to to do what you're thinking you want them to do. You know, the way that you speak, the way that you describe things is very important. How you teach something, the way that you describe it to understand the person who you're teaching need and how they're going to learn and how to describe something. So if you describe something and it doesn't change, please don't shout at me because you're shouting at me and that's not making me understand any better, you know, which was my experience of having lots of lessons just being shouted at a lot. And you're shouting at me and you're still saying the same thing and I still don't understand. (laughs) You know, so being really careful about how you describe something if that doesn't work then describe it in a different way you know come at it from a different angle and see if you can help that person understand or try something because sometimes as instructors whether it's pilates or riding you know you might try something and it doesn't work and so try something else you know and see if that if that helps yeah but you've made me chuckle at, uh, you've um you made me think of a, a memory when I had a few riding lessons when I was very young and my instructor, it's just the irony of her screaming at me, relax. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was trying to do sitting charge, she said, relax. And yeah. I'm really not feeling very relaxed right I'm now. I'm really relaxed now, you're yelling at me. <laughs> yeah, 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 so funny. Uh, yeah. And um, we understand you also teach biomechanics. So, mm. you know, you talked already about watching people ride. What? Yeah. Help us and our listeners understand the links between the two. Well, biomechanics is the study of uh, movement and watching people move and sometimes even measuring how they move. Uh, so, for example, did you know that your glute or your bum muscle is responsible for moving your leg backwards, which is part of the natural movement that you do when you walk? But as a rider, you may need to use your glute or your bum muscle to pull your leg back. 
So if your leg keeps pushing forwards or moving forwards and upwards, it's that bum or glute muscle that needs to pull the leg back. But there's only so many degrees. Your glute or your bum muscle can only pull the leg back 10 or 15 degrees in you know, a normal person and not, not everybody has got the same range. Knowing those ranges, you know, it's pointless trying to get somebody to move their leg back in a saddle when you know that your glute muscle can only pull the leg back 10 degrees. So after that, something else is going to be compensating, whether it's you arching your back or tipping your torso forwards. So knowing the, the normal range of movement of a particular joint or leg movement or body alignment or how far your spine can actually rotate in one direction. Those are really interesting facts because then you can apply that to how you see somebody moving. And of course, how you see somebody riding is a, another interpretation down the line of that because you've obviously got the horse to take into consideration. The horse is moving or maybe throwing a person in one way or helping them, pulling them another way um, and so biomechanics is really looking at how the person's body moves and how it interacts with the movement that they're doing whether it's you walking or whether it like on you know on, on the ground as a human or whether it's you riding with your horse and again talking back like I said about equipilates biomechanics is just another vein that you can go off in the huge umbrella term of just movement of understanding movement in all its facets, whether it's functional movement or whether it's you watching or helping a rider, just trying to be able to understand the different things that will help you fine tune, drill down into well, what's and where do we need to focus our effort if we're going to try and do exercise or movements that will help their biomechanics. Often we have, I don't like to use the word bad biomechanics, it's really not a useful term but you could say unhelpful biomechanics the way people move sometimes can be improved to be more efficient or more effective or less draining on their joints and that's really useful to understand then if you're presented with somebody and they have an issue and they want to improve what's the quickest route to helping them improve whatever they're doing whether it's their leg position or body position or movements or the way even that they sit at the desk so that the way that they sit at their desk is less um, draining on their body so that when they go to ride it's going to be easier for them yeah interesting wow. oh my sound's gone funny oh no you sound fine you sound fine to us i mean no more no more funny than usual <laughs> clearly not used to me normally um you're talking about issues that riders have and so on. What, what are the most common issues and problems that you see? Well, obviously, every person, every body is very individual. And you really, there are sort of common themes, but, you you know, it does depend on each person. But a very common theme, two very common themes, I would say, are tightness in the front of the hips. And that's the crease that you have between the front of the pelvis and the top of your thigh. So that crease there is where some deep muscles, um, stabilizing muscles often get tight. And that's often made worse because of the amount of time we spend sitting. Mm. So commonly, mm. um, and of course, even more so in you know COVID times, we uh, people spend a lot of time sitting. 
uh, for their job or their work or because they're doing something on a computer, but also very commonly they tend to sit in the car before they go and ride. <laughs> so most people, you know, if you're not a professional rider, yeah. um, will go to the yard in their car and then hop out of the car and expect to be able to perform when their muscles have all tightened up. The interesting fact, your muscles will develop to adapt to the position that you spend most time in. So if you spend the most time sitting, then your muscles will adapt to be perfect for that position. Um, and then that means that, you know, it can restrict you when you then go to do other things. So tightness in the front of the hips, which for riders is really important because if those muscles are tight, they will either pull your body down towards your legs, i.e. tipping forwards in the saddle, or they will pull your thigh upwards towards your torso, i.e. bringing your leg too far forwards in the dreaded seat uh, um sitting what do you call that what is that called armchair position yeah that mm. we want to avoid when we're riding so tightness in the hips can really make those two issues worse and then the other really common theme and again it comes back to a lot of times sitting or driving uh is tightness in the front of the shoulders which rounds your upper body posture yeah. so oh, they're it's... quite common themes and nearly everybody if i'm honest like everybody whether they're riders or not could work on those two two things um, it's all stuff. sounding very yeah. familiar yeah <laughs> and so yeah, my, yeah, desk, my desk, desk here thinking yeah and my, my body's body really good, good at sitting, sitting and <laughs> and yeah. my, shul- yeah. my left shoulder's higher than my right <laughs> yeah and you see the, the the lucky thing that we have as as horse riders apart from being lucky to have horses in our lives i mean you know it's an, it's a massive privilege but the other great thing about riding, which maybe we don't all appreciate, is how balanced a sport it is. Yeah. So we're always trying to be balanced, even if your objective is not to be perfectly symmetrical in the saddle, but just to be stable, just to sit stable and you know be able to ride um, comfortably. At least our sport is very balanced. Whereas if you have somebody who, say, for example, plays tennis or somebody who maybe uh, what other sport can you think of even football golf. say for example golf yeah yeah golf's these a big all, one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah these are all um hobbies sports that that require you to be stronger one side than the other and so you're already on a hiding to imbalance if that's your sport whereas at least with riding it's very symmetrical it's very balanced so if we do things that help us as riders which are ultimately going to make us more symmetrical balanced in the saddle which of course then is going to help the horse. That's all, you know, we're all interested in that. But if you do that, then that is actually going to help you in your normal daily movement. So how cool is that? That is actually a real benefit. It really is. <laughs> I thought yeah. of it that way. <laughs> really is, yeah. Because so everything that you do to help your riding position, to help your body, you know, when you're riding or to help you help the horse and be symmetrical, it's actually going to help the longevity of your own body in all of your normal movements. It's yeah. really cool. Wow. Mm. Um, now, let's move on to big challenges. What would the biggest challenge be you can think of that you've had to overcome, either linked to horses or Pilates? Um, well, I think one of the big challenges, a couple of big things, really. One of the big challenges with horses is the the sort of deep-rooted traditions that you find in the way that people think about horses and riding 
And that's so from people who have been riding all their life or they're very horsey people is so ingrained that it's actually sometimes quite difficult for them to maybe think outside the box or maybe to want to go and learn new things because they already know everything there is, you know, because they have all of these lovely traditions Mm -hmm. that are in their background. Whereas I think now there's so much research and so many new things that are out there, so much learning, particularly during COVID where, you know, everything has become become much more accessible online and um, just going out and learning new things. And I think that that has held me back a little bit where I've been lucky enough to be supported by some amazing people who knew what they were doing, great instructors and people around me, but they were also very fixed in their ideas. Um, And so maybe if I wanted to do something different, um, maybe get some Reiki healing or maybe think about actually a different bridle that maybe would be a little bit more helpful or isn't going to pull on the mandible mandible joint or something like that and be a bit scoffed at, you know, because, oh, you don't need a fancy bridle. So I think that was something that that really has been maybe me trusting in my own um quest for finding new ways or just not necessarily new ways but just understanding different points of view learning different different points of view and sort of saying well that works for me that's interesting maybe I don't need to do anything about that but I'm going to log that in the back of my brain and sometimes being able to implement things like I really believe in doing in hand um work with my horse yeah I mean he's an amazing eventer he can gallop he can jump all these 120 fences and all of that but I actually like to do in hand work with him and you know what I think it really helps him but people who maybe do all of the big stuff probably didn't really value what I was doing and maybe I felt a little bit judged about that Mm -hmm. and maybe I should have done a bit more of those things that I believed in um, you know instead of worrying about what other people thought was the right thing to do yeah Mm. and I think the other thing which I have to say I hope Um, other people out there feel the same way is the financial commitment that's just such a big thing I mean I wish I could spend so much more time with my horse and I've you know even having explained how much fun we had as a family you know my husband still complains all the time about how much money horses cost Um, but you know they just give so much back there's just they're so important or our horses have been so important in our whole family's development and but that's a you know that's a big deal they do cost so much money I wish oh. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> very very true very yeah. very true indeed and uh, in fact what you're saying is actually music to our ears because uh, with the horse tribe and with horse fest we want people to have choices and so some of the traditions might be might be good to talk about but also we want to, them to have other choices and to understand other ways mm. of of solving mm kind of similar problems as well so yeah absolutely wonderful wonderful yeah and and having you know if you have a horse and rider you know I love the way that it's called this is something I'd never really understood um but now I know about where they talk about you know the combination and I was thinking what's this combination thing I don't understand what they're doing then of course I realize it's the horse and rider together because that combination can be completely different than another person riding the same horse or vice versa And so, you know, if you've got a combination and they've got a particular issue, certain things might really be useful 
for that combination. It won't work for another one. So you've got to have a real 360 degree approach to, to things. And if you've got lots of things in your toolbox that you can draw on, then you're going to find the solution. Whereas if yeah. you've only got a one track, well, this is what I've done because I've been told that it's right. You know, then that that sometimes might mean that you, you know, you're not going to find the solutions that will work. And um, well, interestingly, <laughs> I'm laughing because Heidi is trying. Well, Heidi is speaking. But <laughs> are, they, are you there now, Heidi? She's Speak. not there. She no. doesn't want to be <laughs> she, here anymore. She is just you and me. I can see her still on on Zoom, but um, for some reason today, Anka, which is what we're recording this on, doesn't want to hear her speak. So I'm going to carry on and keep talking to you and hog you yeah. all to myself, Claire, yeah. while, she, while yeah. she tries That's again. It. So we're really excited that you're going to be doing a webinar for us in, in the new year. Um, mm. February the 10th, no less. Yeah, um, right. Can you share a sneak preview to just tantalise our audience as to what you might be covering? Well, we're going to be uh, having a think about, um, in principle, lots of people have been telling us that it's great to be symmetrical with a horse and it's great to think about your posture and it's great to maybe strengthen your core. So we're going to be giving some practical uh, suggestions on how you can take those ideas and actually do something for yourself that will maybe draw your awareness to different elements of your body where maybe you could make some kind of change or development or just awareness awareness is key you know once once you understand the, the um, issues that you're working with then you can do something about them so being able to understand asymmetries, which is basically a, um, a, a fancy way of saying wonkiness that we all have in our body and we all have it, just understanding in our own body. So a few different tips that are going to be very practical on how you might be identifying issues that you're working with in your body and some simple means by which you can maybe actually move through that and uh, improve your alignment or posture, which of course ultimately is going to help your horse. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah, she's oh, back. Back. She's back. <laughs> oh, it's, a so it's easy moment. for you to say fantastic, Heidi. Oh, yes. I got back at the wonkiness, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it's 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 so important to us just to like you say you're not always sure what your wonkiness is. I mean, we were talking earlier. You were saying you you need to know what your wonky is, mm. um, and it's very hard when you just sat on the. Um, you know, sat on a, a saddle to actually identify what it is. Mm. So I think, yeah, the fact we have some top tips to try and identify that is brilliant. Yeah. Um, now, we're going to ask you about a funny story now, other than me disappearing off a podcast halfway <laughs> through and trying to speak and not being able to be heard. <laughs> um, well, have you got a funny story, um, Claire, that you can share with us? It's either Pilates or horse related. Well, I've got so many funny stories with horses <laughs> and they always seem to be with, you know, me being on the ground and the horse looking down at me. So let's not go there. <laughs> um, and I thought uh, a funny Pilates story. Uh, one time I was wor working um, in a, a beautiful room that had very big glass windows on a really sunny day. The, the sun was coming in through the windows and making the room very bright and sunny, but also very warm. So 
on this particular day, I can't remember why, but one of my, um, I call my, I, I never know what to call people that I work with. You know, I don't like to call them customers and clients. So I call them LPPs. Now, my LPPs are my lovely Pilates people. So <laughs> one of my LPPs came in with her young grandson, who was probably about nine. And she said, I, oh, I hope you don't mind, but I've had to bring him today for some reason. He's just going to sit quietly in the corner and read his book. So I said, well, OK, you know, that's fine. If he doesn't mind watching a load of, you know, um, ladies exercise, that's fine. So he just sort of hid himself behind the book. Meanwhile, another lady who was um, partaking and bearing in mind that in Pilates, most of the exercises are done laying down on a mat. So this, yeah. this particular LPP was laying down on the mat. The sun was blaring in through the window, being really, really hot. And she just suddenly said, goodness it's very warm in here I really I'm getting very hot and she literally took her clothes off she <laughs> actually took her trousers her leggings and her top off and I have to say she had the biggest pair of what I call we call it in Dorset apple bag pants apple bag nipples it's what your granny goes and like collects the apples in she had the biggest pair of pants on a great big bra and I was already thinking I'm not sure whether to revere this woman and go, go girl, you know, yeah, your heart, what difference it makes. Or, you know, and of course I was giving her the literal wide berth because I was like, there's nowhere I'm going to go over and make some corrections to this lady who's now laying on one of my mats in her pants, in her pants and bra. But then of course I looked over at this poor little nine-year-old boy who was back in the corner at absolutely mortified by like, trying not to look at this woman in her knickers you know and, yeah she actually she had no qualms about this at all it's like I'm hot so I'm taking all my clothes off <laughs> wow he funny. definitely got more than he bargained for that day didn't he yeah yeah that boy grew up oh bless him moment. bless him Oh, I love the story. That's brilliant. We were trying to yeah. guess what was what was coming, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we didn't no. guess that. <laughs> no, we, we didn't, Apple, we just think Apple bag knickers. You'll be fine. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, from Apple bag knickers to a relatable top tip for a horse tribe. Um, if there's one small tip that you can pass on to the horse tribe from this podcast, what would it be? Uh, well, it would be my one word. Um, which my favourite word for life, but also especially for riding, is what I call elevate. So mm -hmm. I work with this, um, as I said, I, I love to train, and I work with this crazy woman, Pilates woman, who used to be called the Pilates nun, um, and she's from Florida in the States, and um, she used to use this word, which she said was elevate, and I just instantly knew that this was going to help for horse riding. So basically, she would say, if you're sitting on your chair, you've got to join with me with this. So if you're sitting on a chair, imagine your seat bones or the bottom of your pelvis or your bum as the ground floor in an elevator, or of course, in England, we'd call it a lift. And you're going to think about going up through the joints of your spine, floor by floor, up through your elevator, lifting up. So your bum's still sat on the chair. Or if you're riding, your bum or seat bones are still on the saddle. They're still at the ground floor. But the elevator is going up. And as it goes up, it lengthens up through the spine and comes right up to the top of the crown of your head. And as you have elevated, you are literally lifting up your spine you get more muscle support because in lifting your body up, 
still sat, but you're lifting your body weight up, you get more muscle tone because gravity pulls us down. So if you're lifting up, your muscles have got to work more just purely to resist gravity. And you're kind of decompressing the spine by creating a little bit of space between each vertebra and the muscles have got to hold that length and that decompression. And this is um, relevant to riding because if you sit tall or as I describe it, elevate, lengthening up, up and out through the top of your spine, you are still in the same position, but you've got more muscle support, more control, and you feel lighter. I mean, your body is always going to weigh what it weighs. Yeah. You know, you weigh what you weigh. But if you are elevating up, you're managing your body weight and supporting it. So you're not just a heavy sack on your horse's back. So if you sit here now and elevate, that's my one top tip, elevate. You feel longer, taller, and it does make you tired because you're working harder. Now, this is the important bit. This is awareness. So two top tips, elevate and second awareness and elevate. And now take a big breath in. And as you breathe out, just let go, let go, let go. And notice how different that feels. Squished, floppy, heavy, collapsed, compressed. Those are all the things that if you elevate, you can reverse. Oh, I love it. And I so it's really it useful for you. Yeah, it's really useful if you're sitting at your desk, because remember what you do at your desk can help you prepare what you need for riding. So that idea of elevate, sit tall, lengthen is really useful, but it's also useful to feel the opposite, the heavy, yeah. the sinking. Mm. Because then when you are aware, aware, oh, oh yeah, that's what it feels like when my body collapses, then you might be thinking, hang on, that's something that I can then change because I don't want to feel collapsed. Yeah. And I'm I'm really sat here elevating right now. I'm going to to do it more often. So thank you for that. Thank you for that top tip. (laughs) And finally, Claire, we just need, we know you're based in Dorchester, but you also do classes online, don't you? So if people wanted to join one of those classes, where can they find out more? What are your web links and your social links? Well, you could, you could always look at my website, which is Claire Myers Pilates. So that's got everything on it and all the different links. But I also have a Facebook page, which is under the name of the part of my Pilates organization, which is Focus for Riding, I call Saddleworks. So if you were look on Facebook and look for Saddleworks Pilates for Riders, I've got an open page there, which basically just gives information, little ideas, tips about different exercises that you can do that will help your riding. And whenever I'm doing a course, the dates and things will be on there. Usually in the winter, I do a course. This winter, I'm going to be doing a Pilates on the ball, a Swiss ball um, course. But, you know, you can join any of the classes digitally as well. Fantastic. Thank you. That's brilliant. Well, I've learned loads already today. and I'm really Mm. looking forward to the webinar. So thank you so much, Claire, for joining us. Um, it's been really, really fascinating speaking to you and finding well, out a little honestly, bit more. It's been an, an, an honour being asked. It's so great to be able to talk about the things that I'm passionate um, about and, um, you know, just sort of spread the word. And I really hope that uh, it's inspired some people to go and think about their body, which is great. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Claire. Well, we're, we're just as a, before we sign off, we're watched in something like 31 countries around the world now. So we've got 31 chances of getting countries to elevate. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave it on, leave it on that now. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah <laughs> brilliant great great having um having me on so thank you so much indeed thank, thank you claire. claire we'll see you soon all right bye. Bye. bye thank you for listening to the horse fest podcast we'd love you to subscribe rate and review the podcast and share it with your horse tribe keep tuning in for more episodes with elite riders equestrian experts and special guests <laughs>